I'm going to call the meeting to order. The clerk will call the roll. Baird. Here. Baird here. Folly. Folly here. Chenoweth. Here. Chenoweth here. Clausius. Here. Clausius here. Dave Felice. Here. Dave Felice here. Downing. Here. Downing here. Die. Here. Die here. Erickson. Here. Erickson here. Farrell. Here. Farrell here. Gillis. Here. Gillis here. Hendrick. Here. Hendrick here. Jones. Here. Jones here. Keeper. Here. Keeper here. Kilmer. Here. Kilmer here. Kolar. Here. Kolar here. Krause. Here. Krause here. Levin. Levin absent. Matano. Matano here, McCarball. Here. McCarball here, Miles. Miles absent. Nelson. Here. Nelson here, O'Loughlin. Here. O'Loughlin here, Pertle. Here. Pertle here, Rip. Here. Rip here, Rit. Here. Rit here, Rusk. Here. Rusk here, Saloff. Here. Saloff here, Shower. Here. Shower here, Schmidt. Here. Schmidt here, Stubbs. Here. Stubbs here, Belgian. Here. Belgian here, Wegleitner. Here. Wegleitner here, Willett. Here. Willett here, Williams. Williams here, Young. Here. Young here is Weefel. Weefel absent. Corrigan. Here. Corrigan here. 34 supervisors are present. We have a quorum. Supervisors 11 and Zweifel had notified us that they would be absent. This evening will be led in our prayer inspirational message by Supervisor Baird. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, well, I thought last night's meeting, although it was long, I must, I want to commend us. I really appreciated the thoroughness and the details of the conversation. I gave a shout out to Supervisor Stubbs on my Facebook page and I will give her one here out loud because I really do appreciate, I, I really think we are changing the conversation. And that doesn't have, we are literally changing the conversation. We talked about racial equity with every single department head last night. So last night actually inspired me. I'm pretty impressed and very proud of the work that we've achieved and so I just wanted to touch on one thing I think some of you may be disappointed because I believe every inspiration that I've given has been about the lack of representation of women in elected office so sorry for the new people but everyone else I will not bore you with the same speech although it is inspiring isn't it but I will be inspiring in another way this time um, I just wanted to talk about tonight we're going to talk about uh, fair wages and living wages and just to quickly quickly tie it into the conversations we're having about racial equity this is a racial equity conversation uh, according to the race equity report 54% of African American residents of Dane County that uh, were earning wages were earning poverty wages so when we talk about wages we talk about respecting workers. We talk about honoring and respecting the hard work that everyone does. But we are talking about women, and we are talking about people of color disproportionately. And, of course, men. White men deserve to have a sustainable living wage, of course. But this is an equity conversation as well. And so I hope we continue... The conversation we had yesterday, and I'm ready to be inspired again with the conversation today about how we are going to make sure our families are treated well. So with that, excellent work, and please join me in the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Supervisor Baird. 
This evening under special matters and announcements, we have a, a couple items. The first is um, a recognition of the, the 15th annual Ironman, um, Ironman Wisconsin race in Dane County. Supervisor Stubbs will read the resolution. And if, um, we have Ryan Richards, who's the race manager, and Jamie Patrick, who is with the GMCBB and the Madison Area Sports Commission. Great, thank you. Um, with me on this, this evening is Jamie Patrick, who is the Vice President of Madison Area Sports Commission. Raise your hand, Jamie. Um, Ryan, Richels, uh, Ryan Richards, Iron Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin Director, Ironman. And then Judy Frankel. Judy is the Director of uh, Press and Communications for the Greater Madison Convention and Business Bureau. And of course, we always have to acknowledge the great work of the Presidency of Jeff Archer of the Greater Madison Convention and Visitors Bureau. And I'm the representative from the County Board um, on the Board of Directors, so it's an honor. I'm recognizing the 15th Annual Ironman Wisconsin Race in Dane County, whereas September 11th marks the 15th Ironman Wisconsin held in Dane County, which has become an annual event on the Sunday after Labor Day, consisting of a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a 26.2-mile run. And whereas over 22,700 people participated in the Ironman Wisconsin, attempting to compete in the swim, bike ride, and run in a 17-hour period. And whereas thousands of Dane County residents enjoy watching that swim start from the roof of the Monona Terrace, followed by the cheering participants along the route for the bike race through the city of Verona, town of Springdale, Cross Plains, and Middleton, the village of Mount Gore, Cross Plains, and finally, Sam participants compete at the marathon leg of the Ironman competition in downtown Madison. And whereas Ironman Wisconsin has an estimate 4.2 million direct dollar impact in Dane County, due to the influx of athletes and vendors in their families, staying at area hotels, and eating at Dane County restaurants. In addition to spectators who participate in purchasing the Ironman Wisconsin and their other merchandise. Now therefore be it resolved that the Dane County Board of Supervisors hereby recognizes the 15th annual Ironman Wisconsin race and expresses appreciation to sponsors, participants, visitors, and spectators to their role in supporting this annual event. Be it further resolved that a copy of this resolution be presented to Deb Archer, President and CEO of the Greater Madison Convention and Visitors Bureau and the Madison Area Sports Commission, and Ryan Richards, Race Director of Ironman Wisconsin, as a token of the esteem in which they are held, signed by Sharon Corrigan, County Board Chair, on, and Scott McDonald, County Clerk, signed and sealed on the 8th day of September 2016. Moved by Super, Supervisor Stubbs, seconded by Supervisor Veldrin. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and the resolution is approved. Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a true partnership between Ironman Wisconsin and our organization and all of Dane County. It adds vitality um, to our community with a lot of give back components uh, that touches all the county, really, and we couldn't do it with all of your support. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jamie. As a, uh, as a person that's been involved with this race since day one, um, 2001, starting with the planning of it and first year race of 2002, um, I feel honored to be able to be a part of it. And as a Dane County resident, this is a true honor to receive this proclamation tonight. So thank you very much. It's a uh, great recognition for the race. Thank you.
Thank you very much for coming tonight. Next up is we have a presentation from Public Health Madison and Dane County, Healthy People, Healthy Places. If you want to come up. And do you have... Um, oh, yeah, I have some here, don't I? On those screens. Okay. I'm getting there. There it is. Okay. So, um, and this is the public health director. I am Janelle Heinrich. I'm the public health director. It's an honor to be here two nights in a row with you. Um, I'll try to be brief so that you won't be here as late as you were last night. I was happy to have gone first is what I understand last night. So um, I wanted to take a moment as this is getting queued up and introduce part of my, our leadership team. Um, Shoni Prenz, our director of operations. Mary Michaud, Director of Policy Planning and Evaluation, and Doug Bagley, Director of Environmental Health. Um, unfortunately, Carl Meyer, our Community Health Division Director, had other plans and wasn't able to, um, pre you know, plans already made, so he's not able to join us. You want me to just keep going? You can't do it. Oh, it's nowhere now. It, it, that's on. It's on. I don't see the light. Hmm. It's not going to be as much fun as you can't if you can't see the the pictures that we have here because I think they're quite lovely. I think it's perhaps your laptop isn't hooked up correctly. It's your laptop. Oh, it's the board's laptop. I, I did not do this, so let's see what we. Oh. It was on for a second. Yeah, it was. Perhaps you could do it without the video. I will have to do it without, which won't be quite as much fun for you. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. A little technical glitches aside. Thank you. Um, so tonight, I appreciate the opportunity to provide a little overview of our department. I'm going to keep it pretty high level, um, where we had the opportunity to talk um, with with as many of you who were able to attend. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to do that in the reception, where you got to learn a little bit more about the specific activities that we are doing to support our mission and to create health in our community. So I'm not going to go into a ton of details on that. I'm going to really give you more of an organizing overview. Um, so we 
have recently, as I mentioned last night, completed the first strategic plan that um, public health medicine Dane County has ever had. And I think um, joining the department after the merger, I think it's the first one that either that either department had pre-merger. And so we've organized ourselves according to what we're calling four community goals. And we're defining them as healthy beginnings. We hope that they're aspirational and they also reflect a little bit of the work that we do from a public health perspective. What's the state we'd like to achieve um, in our community? And I think it overlaps with a lot of work that's happening in the community. It's not meant to be just owned by, um, by us, but to where we're kind of focusing our efforts. So we're divide, defining um, healthy beginnings so that children in our community um, get off to a healthy and safe start, healthy eating and active living, so the people of our community are more physically able to enjoy long, fulfilling lives. Healthy minds, healthy bodies, so the people in our community are free from injury, trauma, and disease. And healthy places to live, learn, work, and play, so the physical environments in our community are healthy and safe. And overarching, or perhaps foundational, to all of these community goals is our um, belief, our value, as I said, in, in equity, and it's reflected in what we have created as an internally facing goal of a highly effective organization, which we define as strengthening public health Madison Dane County to improve the health of our community by committing to equity, inclusion, and anti-racism in our work. So it's really reflected there as how we're organizing ourselves and being able to access data, to look at evidence, to have the greatest impact on um, pursuing initiatives in these goal areas to decrease um, the health dis and racial disparities that we see. So like I said, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over specific examples because I hope that you'll see this and um, reach out and ask us more about um, that and that we, we did have an opportunity to talk a little bit before. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of framing of why we've organized ourselves the way that we do. And this is the only piece of data that I'm going to throw at you tonight. You only see a half sign. And um, what, what that reflects is the, the switch that we are having to pursue from a prevention perspective, whereas in traditional public health, uh, or public health traditionally focused on communicable diseases and our prevention strategies were um, targeted towards um, to those um, diseases. And now we know that over half of our um, residents uh, have some form of chronic disease and the prevention strategies to reduce or eliminate chronic disease are different. And they're really rooted in our uh, social and, and physical environment. And so we need to be able to take that data, look at the things that are influencing our health outcomes and then work accordingly. Uh, specifically in Dane County, uh, little tidbits of data, we know that the disparities that we see within this realm of chronic disease are, um, some examples are the prevalence of diabetes in African Americans is about 70% higher than it is in whites, and the prevalence in our Hispanic Latino population is nearly double. Uh, and Cardiovascular disease, our racial and ethnic populations have higher rates of hypertension and tend to be uh, develop it at an earlier age and uh, are, less, are le more likely to forgo treatment for high blood pressure than other um, you know, members of our community. And, and that's really reflective of, I think, the, the conversations that you're having on how do we create a living wage, how do we target um, 
supporting our communities of color and our, our low-income communities so that they may be able to achieve the greatest um, quality of life. And we look at that from a health perspective. So um, we use this, this um, slide. Has anyone seen this before? Some of you have seen this. Um, this is a, a, a frame, a, a slide that we have stolen with uh, credit um, from the County Health Rankings and Roadmaps, which is a collaboration between the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the UW Population Health Institute down the road at the School of Medicine and Public Health. And it outlines what are the factors that create health in a community. And as you can see here, um, clinical care is small compared to all the other factors that um, influence our health outcomes. And we work in all of these areas, and it's important to do so so that we can have the greatest impact by not only working in that clinical area, um, for example, in case managing individuals with tuberculosis or um, providing WIC services or case managing um, moms at risk of poor pregnancy or birth outcomes, but also working on issues to support policies that will um, will have an impact on improving health outcomes. An example of that might be where we're really working to support smoke-free housing um, initiatives because we know that um, not only will the individuals who, uh, it may have an influence on the health behaviors of folks who may smoke, it's going to have a really big impact on folks who are exposed to smoke um, because of the greater environment that they live in. And it also has an economic benefit for the um, property owners by um, reducing their costs of uh, there's a benefit there for our, our, our business owners so that uh, the turnover rate and the, the cost required to uh, um, remediate homes that smokers have lived in, it costs, it costs less money to turn that over. So we're having great success in being able to move smoke-free housing um, throughout this community. And there's shortly going to be coming a, a mandate from HUD that all public housing um, goes smoke-free, and we are here to help support that as well. So that's a little bit of an orientation of how we operate and the framework that we work from. Um, I thought it would be uh, a nice idea to, to give you a little bit of an overview of our governance um, because we are a unique agency where we have, um, we report to you, we report to the Common Council, um, we have uh, the County Executive and the Mayor, and so different functions are um, aligned to different parts of, of government. So, for example, um, all of our staff are county employees. The city provides financial management support. The city provides IT support. Um, our corporation council is split pending issue and pending jurisdiction and so on and so forth. And so that may be, um, that's part of the reason where you may not see us quite as much because of the way we um, kind of float back and forth uh, between each, each side. But I'm always in this room, <laughs> no matter what. So from our organization, we have four divisions, op operations, environmental health, community health, um, policy planning and evaluation. And we are located right now in four um, different areas of the city. Um, 
an overview of each division is our operations unit is our central administrative support, including facilities management. We have a budget and finance unit, uh, communications team, and workforce development, which also includes support for um, professional development within the organization, as well as um, support in the hiring and um, personnel um, situations. Our environmental health division is currently located at uh, International Lane. Um, they are, this is where we inspect all the licensed establishments, over 2,300 um, food establishments every year, and we do animal services. So last year in 2015, as an example, we uh, responded to 4,000, almost 900 animal services calls throughout the county, and we have a staff of six doing that. Seven with Patrick? Seven with Patrick, with our lead worker, sorry. Sorry, Patrick. Um, uh, we also do household hygiene complaints, um, our well and septic inspections, and so on and so forth. Um, one of the things that we're proud of and, and you may recall was the uh, something new and different that happened within this division last year was the development of uh, the coyote hazing video um, that many heads are nodding and that was really a great brainchild of both our communications team and our environmental health our animal services staff to think about what are different ways we can um, communicate with our constituents provide a good service um, and maximize our ability to be um, you know communicate effectively and it did a great job our, our the requests the concerns um, I've seen I have went down dramatically. I'm seeing it used. I don't know if anyone else is seeing it used on your next door sites. Um, uh, it comes through every now and then. So those are the types of ways we're trying to be creative in how we communicate. Um, our, our community health division is probably what you might be most familiar with outside of environmental health, and that's where most of our direct services are located. It's where um, we are monitoring um, communicable diseases. We're case managing um, folks with tuberculosis, active and latent. We um, follow up on all other communicable diseases. We provide um, perinatal um, care. So we do home visiting for moms at risk of poor um, pregnancy and birth outcomes, as we discussed a little bit last night in two different programs. One's called prenatal care coordination. The other is called nurse family partnership. And that program is specifically for first time moms. And it does more than just get to it. it we are allowed to spend a little bit more time with folks there. It goes through the, up to the age of two. Um, and then we have our community, our policy planning and evaluation division, which is the newest division in our organization. And it doesn't actually reflect new work. It's just the structure in which we're doing it from. Um, we are required as a, one of the core, we have three core functions that we're responsible for as a local health department um, assessment of the health status of the community, assurance that services are provided um, according to a number of mandates, and a number of other things that are left to be broadly interpreted. So the tuberculosis is a mandate, but providing other services to really focus on the leading health disparities 
Um, and we use, we use our policy analysts and our data analysts to really help us determine what those things are, and we get the feedback from you and, our, uh, and other colleagues and stakeholders. And we also, um, it's where our policy um, uh, hub is. And so um, this, this is the unit that our smoke for our tobacco staff work in, and I will say in so far, one of the goals, one of the things that we're proudest of is, is supporting the transition to over 2,700 smoke-free housing units in this county. We, um, I think at the time when we started working on this, the goal for the entire state was 3,000, and we exceeded the state. We've now exceeded the state just here in our community. So. Um, we are all of these people. There's more. I ran out of room to uh, really describe all the different staff that are doing great work in our organization. Um, this is this is a, a pretty good handful of of the types of people that we have working in public health, and we welcome your. Um, questions and your um, requests for data or policy um, analysis or what the evidence works around how do we address different health outcomes so please ask any questions thank you very much Janelle are there questions for Janelle Supervisor Baird thank you, Madam Chair um, thank you Janelle uh, two questions one was uh, in the conversations I was having out there uh, one that really stuck out to me was the lack of, or, or the openings, the job openings that you have. Can you tell us how many position openings do you have right uh, now in the department? I haven't looked at the list. We just had three come through to be filled today, so I think we're at about ten right now. Ten. Oh, position open. Ten. I think we have ten vacancies at the moment, and they range the gamut throughout these um, types of um, professions. And then one other quick question on your opening list where it said all, all the way in the back. Yes. Uh, nope. Sorry, you passed it, but it doesn't matter. That's fine. Um, community safety, that one. Yes. Uh, what does that mean by community safety, uh, social and economic factors? And are you doing efforts and working on, is that crime prevention or is that... I think it's all of those things, and we, I would say, similar to a little bit of what I discussed last night, we don't necessarily have initiatives in all of these areas, mm -hmm. but we have staff with that are part of the conversations on um, shaping our parks environment um, in both city and county parks to, to, to um, bring the data around the demographics of that community to that particular parks planning experience, um, bring in some of our um, community engagement efforts to have the community help shape that park in a way that's meaningful for them. Um, and we know that if we can do that, where we see and we know that there's a lot of, a lot of um, our communities of color, our low-income communities haven't necessarily been engaged that way. It's one way that we are working to help those really long-term downstream um, rates of obesity by what, what are some intermediary things that we can do that hopefully get to that upstream prevention. Supervisor Veldrin. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Nell. Um, the one question I have when you talk about health, heating, is how do you sort of help 
fight the issues of food deserts? I mean, I know you're not going to like, we'll fix it, but are there ways that you can implement other policy, or excuse me, policymakers, but other departments, or sure. just really look at that? I'll ask Mary to come on up and talk about it. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. If that's all right with you, because oh, this is the work that she's intimately familiar with and, we, and can talk about from her division's perspective. Thanks, Supervisor Valdrin. The, the ways we look at uh, food insecurity in particular, one is retail environments. So are there retail outlets um, that provide options for healthy eating? Are they affordable? Um, are they accessible safely? So are there safe routes to those food retail outlets? But there are three other areas we look at for, for folks who are at risk or suffer food, food insecurity. One is economic security. Um, another is participation in federally sponsored food programs. So for example, we opened three sites this year with our partners for free child um, summer meals. All right and leveraged private funding so that moms, dads, caregivers could come with their kids and participate along with their kids and, and could get safely to those sites. Um, the last is emergency food, which we're most familiar with, so the, the Thanksgiving turkey donations and the, the food pantries. But those other three elements are the ones that sort of together we focus on. When it comes to food retail, one of our roles has been to bring partners together so, for example, in North Madison, um, you know, when the conversations were going on around Pierce's closing, mm -hmm. um, it, it was clear to us that WIC wasn't being offered for a period of time. So how could we fill in that gap um, and then work with the Willie Street Co-op to offer WIC, which they hadn't, right. hadn't done before? And that's kind of a big investment, right? Now they are. So it's those kinds of more complex pieces that really affect rates of food security um, that we try to address. One of the pieces, too, is to, to look at consumer spending and, and food retail outlets data and to geospatially map that so it makes a lot of sense for the folks who are trying to make decisions about where to invest in food retail. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I, just, is there, do you have, like, a specific radius where you, where people are located that you kind of use as a guideline? So the USDA um, uses a mile and a half a mile walk shed um, from, from food retail. We, we tend to look a little bit smaller than that, you know, particularly because a lot of the folks who are at particular risk for food insecurity live with disability. Um, so how can, we, how can we look neighborhood by neighborhood at the unique conditions there? And, and make sure that particularly safe routes to those places and then transportation options make those, those options available to folks. So um, we have one staff person dedicated in, our, in, our, in my division just on food security, and it's, it's gone a long way to bring folks together to think about those, those sort of complex issues and how they collude to, to really um, affect food security in our communities. Thank you. Sure. I don't see any other questions. Thank you so much for. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay. Under announcements this evening, does anyone have any announcements? Supervisor Erickson. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Just wanted to let everyone know that each of your um, desks should be a list of the trio concerts from the Edgar Connect Trio from our sister county, Castle. And um, the trio is named after, obviously, Edgar Connect, but it also includes Ralph Denneke, who plays bass, and Tobias Schultz on Schulte, Schulte on drums. And there are four concerts. The one on October 2nd is just the trio. It's at the beautiful Stoughton Opera House. The one on Thursday the 6th is Convivo. Convivo is the chamber music group that went to Castle a year ago last June. And they'll do a joint concert. Um, also, they'll do a second joint concert on Saturday the 8th at First Congregational Church. And finally, they'll do a um, concert with the Madison College Big Band. And Supervisor Feldern asked me if it was the same concert. It isn't. Um, they'll probably have different pieces and work it out once they get here. And they arrive actually on October 1st and will be here through the 10th. So hopefully you can t attend one or more of these. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Erickson. Supervisor Rusk. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I just wanted to announce what's happening at the next two PP&J meetings because I think there are um, supervisors who are not on PP&J who might want to come. Um, First, um, you'll recall that uh, Supervisor Levin and I appointed um, a work group to work on diversion programs. Um, they are finishing their work as we speak. The report is, is being uh, corrected. Um, Jim Mosier, who was the facilitator of that group, will be at PP&J on Tuesday the 13th of uh, September at 5.15. Um, the report itself will be attached to the PPNJ agenda tomorrow. Um, anybody who wants to, to join us is, is welcome. We'll have a fair number of people from the public um, there as well. So that's next week. And then the next week after that, on the 20th, um, you'll recall that this summer um, the consultants have been working on solutions to the rather serious health and safety issues in the sixth and seventh floor jail above us. They will be reporting to PPJ on Tuesday, the 20th, um, at 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 5:15. Um, that report will also be. Um, attached to the PP&J agenda for that meeting. And uh, uh, we do have um, the dollars um, set aside to pay for what they are recommending. However, um, we decided when we passed Resolution 19 that the full report and the full list of what we're going to do needs to come back to the full county board. Um, so it'll be um, PP&J on the 20th, and then it will have, that one will have to go to the Finance Committee. Um, the first one, the recommendations, we press to have the recommendations ready for our budget season. So I'm, I'm uh, anticipating that some of the recommendations in the diversion work group will become part of our uh, budget discussions um, later in the fall. So everybody is invited to either one of those meetings. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Rusk. Supervisor Baird. Thank you. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. I just wanted to announce that Java Jive uh, is coming up a week from this Sunday. It's Sunday, September 18th. It is the an, uh, annual fundraiser for the Rape Crisis Center. Uh, it's a great event. I go every year, and I hope uh, others will come as well. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Baird. Supervisor Chenoweth. Thank you, Madam Chair. I just want to piggyback on uh, Supervisor Erickson's uh, uh, announcement for the uh, TRIO concert in Stoughton. That is a ticketed event in Stoughton Opera House, but there are plenty of tickets available. I'd like to see everybody come down and enjoy uh, a very good uh, venue to see a concert. And there will be a reception for county supervisors and the TRIO, uh, sponsored by uh, my wife and I. At, uh, at my favorite watering hole right across the street from the, uh, from the opera house. So uh, I'd like to see everybody come down with a guest. Thank you, Supervisor Chenoweth. Any further announcements? Seeing none, I just want to mention September birthdays. The 15th is Supervisor Erickson. The 16th is Supervisor Miles. The 20th, Supervisor Wegleitner. And the 22nd, Supervisor Pirtle. So happy birthday, everyone, for September. Next. I am sorry to have missed yours. I was not on my list. I apologize. I didn't list mine either, which is the 18th. So. <laughs> and Supervisor Kilmer on the first. Wow, we really have a few missing from our list. Um, any other announcements? Seeing none, we'll move on to approval of payments under C. Um, bills over $10,000 referred to the county board. Is there a motion? Moved by Pirtle, seconded by Shower. Is there discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and the bills are approved. On claims recommended for denial, items D1 to D6, are there any requests for separation? Seeing none, what's before us is the committee recommendation to deny claims one D1 through D6. Is there discussion? All those in favor of the committee recommendation say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and the claims are denied. Under E, approval of county board minutes, is there a motion on the minutes of the August 18th county board meetings? Moved by Matano, seconded by McCarville. Is there discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and the minutes are approved. On the consent calendar, items F1 through F7, are there any recommendation, any requests for separation? Supervisor Pirtle. I'd like to separate F6. F6, okay. OA31. Yes. Okay, so um, on items F1 through F5 and F7 are before us. Are there, is there discussion on items F1 through F5 or F7? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and items F1 through F5 and F7 are approved. On item F6, OA31, amending Chapter 25 of the Dane County Code of Ordinances regarding the living wage requirement. We do have several reg registrants on that. Um, and we will take testimony on those. First up is Daniel Dannenberger, um, wishing to speak in support. You can come up and you can speak on this side. Um, thank you. I'll be uh, succinct, but I am passionate about this. Um, just by way of um, 
introduction. I'm a Wisconsinite. I was born here uh, outside of Milwaukee, and I've lived in Wisconsin pretty much my whole life. Uh, but I'm new to Madison. I've only been here for four or five years. But um, I work on the Fight for 15 campaign. Um, it's a, a national campaign. It's very, very important. Um, I, I think uh, so. Thank you for having me here uh, to, to just say a few things. Um, Every day I speak uh, and work beside uh, people in the fast food industry in Dane County. And uh, it impresses me every day how, uh, how difficult their job is. They don't uh, deal just with uh, uh, problems of the occasional unruly customer. Uh, they work um, hours that are often not scheduled well. They're called in. They work on their feet. Uh, for very, very long hours. Um, I think uh, we've all been to fast food restaurants and, and deal with people uh, uh, behind the counter, and we sometimes think to ourselves, uh, well, they may, may just be passing through, but I work with uh, people every day that tell me that they've been there for many, many years. Uh, it's not just uh, the young. It's not just um, uh, transient uh, or, or some sort of um, uh, uh, part-time work that people take to get by. It's uh, their very much, very often, it's their main source of income. So this is, uh, I think, something that uh, a great many people um, are are hoping uh, that uh, as a campaign throughout the country, the Fight for 15 is something that when I talk to them about it, they, uh, they are, are sometimes they, they feel as though that uh, we have such a long way to go. And then I tell them of some of the amazing victories that we've had in, in counties and in cities, uh, large and small, and states across the, the country just in the last year. Uh, and um, uh, so many of them have expressed uh, a desire to uh, come forth and uh, do something about this and raise their voices. And, uh, and they wanted me to come here tonight and, and talk to you a little bit about um, what uh, we're all doing because I'm by no means the only organizer. I'm uh, the only paid organizer in Dane County at the moment. Um, and. Uh, uh, so what I did was uh, very recently I uh, went to uh, the national convention last month uh, in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, there were thousands of people there. Um, they were uh, people who uh, had great hopes that uh, a better life uh, can um, be waiting for them uh, through uh, access to some of the things that so most of us take for granted. Uh, the trajectory of their life can, can take a slightly different take. Uh, they can go to school and then often have, be less fearful uh, for their kids not having uh, school supplies or adequate health care and that sort of thing. And so um, there are just so many things about this that affect so many people. It's hard for me to focus on just a few um, but I thought I'd tell you um, you know that I was at this convention and uh, there were so many people so many organizers from across the country thousands of people uh, uh, clergy uh, different people uh, or organizers uh, people uh, undocumented people uh, people um, who hardly spoke English and do their job tremendously well and are very very proud and haven't gotten very much recognition at all um, but uh, I do think that there is a great deal of 
uh, uh, hope that we all have that uh, as uh, different municipalities and cities and counties across the country uh, continue to vote on behalf of a higher uh, living wage for uh, fast food workers and, and, and workers of this nature, uh, that more momentum can be built. And that is really what I want to impress upon all of you, that there is this momentum building and it is affecting people's lives for the better and kind of catching people up with, uh, I think, their, uh, their aspirations, uh, the American dream, and, and, and going uh, further in their lives. Uh, so, um, Five minutes. I would just uh, end by saying that uh, uh, I think that uh, there's hardly anything uh, in terms of uh, local economic uh, concern to our neighbors and to these workers that we deal with every day uh, that is more pressing and of more concern. Um, and so I, I hope that uh, we can all do something about that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Next up is Marielle Crowley from the Working Families Party wishing to speak in support. Good evening. Thank you for letting me speak. Uh, my name is Mario. I'm with the Working Families Party, which is right now working on a campaign that's trying to get uh, the minimum wage raised to $15 an hour in Milwaukee County as well. Um, I am also uh, an activist in the Fight for 15. I've been a strong activist for uh, three years. It started in 2012. I started uh, previously right after the first strike in uh, Milwaukee. And after that first strike, I walked off the job when I was working at McDonald's. And um, I've been extensively working with the 5 for 15 ever since. Um, this is a, a major deal. I was around when everybody was saying we were crazy for doing these type of things, going off, going off, going on strike. And um, look how the, 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 the tone has changed. Um, we're about to just, there's a, a major thing happening in Dayton County here tonight, um, getting a, a, a city ordinance passed to $15 an hour. And uh, that's just one victory, and one victory for one is a victory for all. So we're here in solidarity, but also to say, you know, we're trying to do the same things in Milwaukee. So we're seeing what we can do and take back there so we can have the same type of privileges that are in, in other parts of the county in Wisconsin so that we can make it better tomorrow for everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next up is Jihad Williamson from the Working Families Party wishing to speak in support. Hello, my name is Jahad. I'm also a member of the Working Family Party, and I've been active for the Fight to 15 for the last two years. Um, I started off well being a regular uh, fast food worker, and I got into it because pretty much my friends were telling me this was the thing to do, and I was ignorant to the fact of what was going on. So, yes, it has benefited me since then. I wake up every day, and I see my baby sister happier for something I'm doing better. Um, I go street for street, door to door, day by day, and this is what I've been doing since uh, for the last couple of months because I feel like this is the right thing to do. Like what you have got going here in Dane County is a wonderful thing because now you can see better people doing better and things to, you know, help benefit themselves. Um, so I can say this is a wonderful thing. Thank you very much for coming tonight. Next up is Peter Rickman. Who from the Working Families Party wishing to speak in support? Thank you. Um, 
I'm the co-chair of the Working Families Party, um, and I manage our campaigns around living wages and workers' rights. <clears throat> You know, for those who don't know the Working Families Party, we translate movements for social and economic justice from the streets to the ballot box in the halls of government. And that's really what we're doing here tonight. There's been an incredible movement built around the country over the last few years. People like Jihad and Marielle, thousands of workers, have taken bold, dramatic action. They've actually gone on strike demanding a living wage and the right to form a union. It's galvanized low-wage working people across the country. And it's taken this demand for fundamental social and economic justice and made a very clear specific not request not an ask not a you know pleading but a demand that articulates the needs of so many people at a time of shocking and tremendous economic inequality i'm not going to bore anyone here with statistics tonight i'll be waiting outside if you want to know about what it means that soon half of all jobs will pay less than fifteen dollars an hour What's happened to the cratering and erosion of living standards for working people that have actually declined on the bottom with this explosion of low-wage service sector jobs in home care and fast food and hotel housekeepers, janitors, etc. Believe you me, I got all the statistics you need, but that's not what this is about here tonight. We're talking about joining Dane County with the rest of jurisdictions around the country that have brought this demand for social and economic justice from the streets and to the ballot box and here to the halls of government. Um, just this past few months, California, New York, and a number of other cities around the country <clears throat> have adopted their own minimum wage laws for $15 an hour. And that means that now 20% of the working people in this country that otherwise would be trapped in poverty wage jobs are on a path to $15 an hour. That's because of leadership from your colleagues around the country in elected office who've recognized the righteousness of this demand and are taking bold, dramatic action the same way workers have moving this conversation forward. Now, this ordinance amendment matches what's been done in California, <clears throat> in New York, and other jurisdictions around the country in terms of putting folks on a path to 15. It puts Dane County right in the mainstream of where everyone else is. That's an important place to be. Now, I, I also uh, negotiated an agreement around the Bucks uh, Arena and, and surrounding development for 15 in the union. And when they looked at me and said, well, what are other folks doing around Wisconsin? I said, well, we got some people in Dane County who want to do the right thing. We got folks in Milwaukee who want to do the right thing and others elsewhere. And they said, well, we want to be part of this, too. We actually want to do the right thing. And because policymakers like yourselves have been joining this movement, we see other folks saying, unlikely allies, frankly, saying, well, we got to do the right thing as well. And that agreement is exactly the same as what's uh, being taken up here tonight in terms of the, the path to 15. I think you guys need to see yourselves as taking action to address this, uh, this economic and social injustice in, uh, in the country and, and joining the movement just as workers have uh, stepped out and, and, and joined the movement. Now, the last time I think I was here speaking to you all, we were talking about uh, a referendum for $10.10 an hour. And there's a lot of debate about, you know, should we talk about 15? This is in Dane County. What, what should we do? Um, but so much has changed in the last two years that it's not even a question anymore. We went from a place where... Actually, fewer than 40% of people supported $15 an hour to now well over 60% in a poll that we released last week. That is a titanic change in public opinion that didn't happen simply because of the righteousness of the demand or simply even because of the workers in the streets fighting for a living wage and workers' rights. It's because people like you all around the country in elected office have said... <clears throat> We recognize the righteousness of this. We are going to join with it, and we are going to take action ourselves. And it's normalized it. It's made it real for a tremendous number of working people and put forward the promise that if workers keep on fighting and struggling, elected leaders will heed that demand and take action themselves and provide a living wage. So tonight, voting yes means that you are not just supporting 
the fight for 15. It's that you are joining the movement as well. And I think for elected officials, that's an uncomfortable place to be sometimes. But embrace your role. You are the ones who are driving the change in this country alongside the workers, shoulder to shoulder. You may not be in the streets taking a strike from your job, although you're welcome to join us next time we do. You are taking the action that you can. Dane County can't do a minimum wage for everyone. You can pass a living wage ordinance right here tonight that is going to put people on a path to 15. Taking that action, voting yes, means that you are supporting this movement and building momentum so that we can win $15 an hour for everyone in this country. So, again, tonight voting yes means you are standing with workers, you're supporting the movement, and you're standing up for social and economic justice in this community and nationwide. Thank you, Peter. Um, we have several registrations um, for a record of appearance. Um, register, um, we have Lisa Moorhead registering in support. We have Dick Loper registering in support. Shane Elsinger registering in support, and Kate Burkholder registering in support. On Ordinance Amendment 31, um, it was recommended for approval um, by the Personnel and Finance Committee. Is there discussion? Supervisor Pirtle. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, you know, I came back to Madison in 2009, kind of at the height of the aftermath of the Great Recession. And at the time, I, I started my work in education. I was talking a lot to student groups and community groups, and folks were asking what was going on. They were seeing all these changes. Kids were really struggling, and they wanted to know what does it mean for them and their future. And at the time, Pew Charitable Trust put out a landmark study, and it said one in three families were falling out of the middle class during the Great Recession. One in three. It was a hugely disruptive, titanic change in the economy, and it didn't happen overnight. If we look back to 2001, right around 9-11, about 21% of the kids in Wisconsin schools were eligible for free and reduced lunch. Been that way for a long time. And in the decade that followed, the world changed. And by 2011, 43% of the kids in Wisconsin schools were eligible for free and reduced lunch. That number had doubled. And it stayed there ever since. The world that we live in today is remarkably different than the one even I grew up in. And one of the things that Pew found was that unless things change, folks my age, I'm 37, are going to be part of the first generation of Americans in the history of this country that as a group will be worse off than their parents. That has never happened before. In fact, I would argue it is antithetical to who we are as a nation and a country to think that we're going to leave our kids up worse off than we were. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. And when we look at these challenges, and it feels like a lot of folks in Congress and the state legislature are walking away from that, it falls to us to act when and where we can to address these issues. And for a lot of folks in Dane County, 40 hours a week, full-time work, is not enough to put a roof on your head, food on the table, and clothes on your kids' back. And that's a problem. And we can do better. Can't do it for everyone, but we should act when and where we can. So to that end, we brought together workers, we talked with folks in the field, economists, policymakers, people in this room, really noodled on this question, how do we get to $15 an hour? And we came up with an aggressive, financially sound pathway to get there. The phased-in approach that's in front of you protects essential services, it guarantees fair wages for all of our employees, but it catches up some of our most valuable but lowest paid workers here in Dane County. If we look at kind of what our current living wage ordinance is, and I think it's a good one, but it wouldn't get us to $15 an hour to the mid-2030s. 
This approach is going to put 83 cents in the first year for folks and 50 cents a year after until we get to $15 an hour. For 900 workers in Wisconsin, that will mean $1,700 more in their pocket next year. And it's going to get us to $15 an hour more than a decade faster than our plan is today. You know, when we were talking about this, I was reminded, I was talking with Supervisor Dyer, Chairs of the Finance Committee, and we were looking at sort of the best practices around the country and figuring out the numbers and how do we make it work, and we've got to make sure that we can do wages for folks that make more than 15. We've got to make sure we can do COLA, protect all our existing services, and get people there. And she said to me something, and I've stolen this line, so I have to give her credit about this, but she said, decisions like this are always about dollars and cents. But they're also about who we are as a community and making the hopes and dreams of the people who live here into more achievable realities. When I think about why I ran for county board, I'm not going to lie to you, it was not to deny claims. I wasn't <laughs> super excited about accepting grant money. It was to make a difference in people's lives. Good, smart policy. And that's what you get when you bring people together, you look at the numbers, you work the problem, and you move things forward. And so many people in this room made this happen. Supervisor Hendrick kicked off this conversation nine months ago. The Department of Administration, the County Executive's Office, helped run the numbers. The people sitting out in the audience today pushed the issue. Folks in the labor community talked about what it would meant and the challenges and the push and the pull of the resources. And folks sent, I mean, we must have gotten a dozen emails today. This is the right thing to do. So tonight... I'm excited that we get to come to a place here and vote on something that is the right thing to do, that's going to make our community better. That's why I ran for county board, and that's why I think we should make this an ordinance tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Pertle. Supervisor Willett. Thank you, Madam Chair. What an interesting discussion, financially sound. I guess I wasn't involved in some of this discussion that went on. This financial report says it's going to cost us over a million dollars a year, plus another half a million dollars every year. On top of that, it's financially sound, and no one's told me how we're going to fund it. We don't have this money. What got left out? Y'all having a little conversations without me? Can someone please tell me where this money's coming from to fund it? Thank you, Supervisor Bullitt. Supervisor Pertle. Uh, just as a note, I believe there was a letter from the county executive that laid out the maximum levy cap that will be available for the following year is almost $7 million. This certainly falls within our ability to do with existing resources. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't competing priorities, but it is certainly well within the means for us to do in the choices that we have available. It's definitely programmable. Further discussion? Supervisor Dye. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I am really proud to be able to stand here and vote uh, on this tonight because of many of the reasons that Supervisor Pirtle has already said, but also because when we first started this conversation, one thing that was really important to me was that we found a way to be inclusive in our approach to this. And given some of the constraints that have been put on local government by the state, um, there were challenges in figuring out a path to get to $15 an hour while bringing all of our county workers, or at least all those we're still allowed to bring along, um, 
by state statute with us. And so I really appreciate the work that my colleagues did to get us to that point. And I also appreciate the work that workers did to get us to this point. Uh, I remember several years ago now being at the Labor Temple with workers who had gone on strike because they were part of this movement to fight for a higher minimum wage. And then I remember taking a trip to D.C., and outside my hotel there were workers striking in front of the McDonald's. And it was like you couldn't escape this conversation. Um, but it wasn't a conversation that we were having here in this room, and it is a conversation that we started here in this room. It's a conversation that was started by the people who are actually truly impacted by this issue every day, whether they're funded by county government or they're funded by a private entity, who do have needs that they can't meet or who are working two or three jobs. And then they still have needs that they can't meet because they aren't sleeping or they aren't seeing their family. And those are needs, too. They might not be economic needs, but they are human needs. And by moving there to this ordinance forward tonight, we're going to be helping to fulfill that for people who we have a responsibility to as the people who contract with them, as the people who employ them, and as the people who represent them as residents of this county on this body. I also want to give a shout-out tonight to Supervisor Baird, who was the sponsor of the um, referendum that Peter Rickman mentioned regarding 1010, and I remember the conversation that we had last year about whether or not it should be 1010 or whether or not it should be 15, and I think it's amazing. The movement that we have seen, um, and not just the movement that we've seen towards $15 an hour, but the real work that went in um, from the county executive's office and earning their support on this, um, from our staff to find a financially viable path to get from where we are today to $15 an hour. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, for many people who would benefit from it happening overnight, I wish it could. Our hands are tied in some ways financially. I still think that this is the right decision. It's a financially sound decision. The dollars are there, but really the moral reason is there. And so um, Thank you all for your support of this thus far, and thank you all for your vote on this tonight. It's so important to so many people in our community. Thank you, Supervisor Dye. Supervisor Williams. Thank you, Madam Chair. I am happy to rise tonight to share my support for this ordinance as well. It's been really nice to receive all of the comments to our emails from a lot of the workers who might not have been able to join us here tonight but have shared their stories. Um, one of them came from my constituent, Tom Frick. He's a vocational trainer for Community Work Services in Madison. And what he does is he helps people who have special needs make sure that they can go out and work and stay active in our community. And in his email he said, it's very meaningful work, especially for me because I've always wanted to work with individuals with special needs. I know the people I work with value what I do. It is encouraging to see that the county board is considering raising the wage I make by 84 cents an hour. That says to me the county also values the work I do and understands how important it is. So I'm proud to take the vote tonight to tell Mr. Frick and all of our county workers and our contractors that we value the work they do. 
anyone who has been served by or knows someone who's been served by these employees and these workers knows that it's not a glamorous job that they do, but they have a tremendous impact on our community. So I'm really proud of them, and they make us all proud to live in Dane County. So thank you to the sponsors, and thank you to everyone here tonight who's been working towards making this ordinance possible. Thank you, Supervisor Williams. Supervisor Dave Felice. Thank you, Madam Chair. A point of order, uh, I didn't recall us being given the opportunity to question the speakers when they got done. I apologize. You do have the opportunity to question. Could I also. ask the gentleman who spoke first to come up, please? Logan. Hey, thanks for your uh, comments. Appreciate it. They're very uh, informative. Uh, this resolution won't get uh, to fifteen dollars until I believe twenty twenty-four, mm -hmm. something of that nature. Uh, is that fast enough? I mean, it, that seems kind of meager to me. Uh, I, I know you'd like 15 bucks an hour like tomorrow, but I'm just wondering, you know, is that anything for us to be talking so grandly about here and patting ourselves on the back? Well, um, I, I think, is it fast enough? No, it's not fast enough. But um, I'm not privy to all the mechanics of the budget and how things work. Uh, and I know that... Um, uh, uh, as far as how you know uh, people will receive it, I think they'll look at it as that the fight for 15 as a whole has been uh, 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 pushing through uh, all sorts of different uh, bodies like yourself, the the different counties and municipalities throughout the country, and they'll and they'll say that um, th this is us finally getting recognition for a lot of work, a lot of organizing. So I suppose yes and no. I think um, it could be better, it could be faster, I suppose. People are suffering. I think they, uh, as we all know, Dane County has very high rents. Uh, it's, it's an expensive place to live. And a lot of people aren't paid very much. So I think that... Um, I think that this is something that uh, we're very excited about and that uh, we, we find to be uh, wonderful. And there has been a lot of work by the people in this room doing an amazing job bringing this uh, subject forward. So I would just say uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here tonight and think that what's that it's going up for a vote is is something that you should give yourself a lot of credit for i for one want to just give you that i appreciate sure. that uh can you tell me the other communities that are doing the 15 dollars are they also doing like an eight-year uh ramp up glide path uh they are doing ramps up uh not always eight year uh sometimes it's uh something along five or six um but uh eight is uh something that i've seen before there's um different things before uh cities in california and in washington state right now that ramp up over a period of time and there's uh, uh different sort of schemes that have been used i think um but I think the eight-year is something that, um, again, if that works uh, for uh, in terms of the budget and the mechanics of it, I think that that's, that's certainly fair. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. May I make you some may. comments? I, uh, I'm also going to vote for this. I think it's a, a tremendous idea, and I uh, compliment and applaud the work that's been put into this. I, 
I have no doubts that it was, uh, you know, a work of labor, uh, coming up with the money and coming up with a, a time frame. Uh, I found it interesting uh, among the emails that I received from people supporting this. Uh, one woman wrote that this would make a $1,700 difference to her uh, per year with an 83 cent an hour increase. I, I think that's significant. I, uh, I question, though, our purpose uh, in not doing this more quickly. I think eight years is a long time. Uh, it makes good talking points, certainly, uh, but I, I think it's, it would have been possible to make a, you know, a greater difference sooner, and I would have liked to have seen a, a leader such as Dane County take those steps. Uh, and, you know, you hear me on the board you know, complaining about spending money. Uh, I would just like to point out that, you know, this medical examiner budget has gone up $700,000 last year. Now, each year of increase is going to be, we've heard, roughly $500,000. Well, you know, if we looked at, at trimming our spending, we could accelerate this. I mean, we could have. I don't think it's going to happen now. But, you know, they're spending $460,000 on an x-ray machine. You know, there's a lot of these examples in county government. And that's why I'm preaching cost savings, so we can put the money where our mouths are, but also to put it where it's important, and that would be wage increases. Because I think this is a tremendous effort and needs to be done. So when I get up here and talk about, you know, spending 100 grand on 20 lights at the zoo that close, closes after 5 p.m., or when I talk about the medical examiner, farming out work to other counties that really is going to cost us more building a, an 11 million dollar uh, building that's going to have a debt service of who knows maybe a million bucks a year that's real money and that's real money we could be saving if we would make uh, our decisions more carefully and so uh, in conclusion I'd like to say great idea should have done it faster but I'm going to vote for it anyway thank you Supervisor David Lejay Supervisor Nelson uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, actually, if you look at uh, the amended language, we have done it quicker. We have done it in six years. It's 2A, B, C, D, F. That's six. So this is a six-year program. Uh, it's clearly uh, shown in, in the amended language. Thank you, thank Supervisor you. Nelson. <coughs> Supervisor Baird. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I'll just speak really quickly. I, I appreciate uh, the statement by Jenny, uh, Supervisor Dye. I did work on the uh, 1010, so uh, I do have some facts left over from my conversation when we worked on that. Uh, just to respond to some of the statements being made, California, a state, we don't have our state leadership in Wisconsin that takes the same decisions that the other states do, but in California, their $15 an hour is going, taking multiple years, won't happen until 2022. In New York, which they passed moments after the California one, I believe these were all in 2014, they won't take place until 2022. So those were eight-year plans. I wish our state would do an eight-year plan. I'd love to see it in Wisconsin. Better than the zero-year plan that we have right now. Thank you, Supervisor Baird. Is there further discussion on Ordinance Amendment 31? Supervisor Stubbs. Thank you, Madam Chair. I certainly want to stand and commend all of the speakers on tonight. Thank you for your bravery. 
Thank you for your advocacy. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you for walking off jobs and realizing that you believed in us and those that believe in valuing your vote and voting your value. It's a very simple vote for me tonight. I'm voting my conscience. I'm doing what's right for my constituency. I think you've done a great job taking your conversations from restaurants to homes to streets to government. The conversation should be right here, right now. We are elected to make policy. I'm a good policy writer, and I think what we're doing, we're going to do the right thing. We have to do what's right for our state. We have to do what's right for our county. We have to do what's right for our constituency. Great job for all that you've done. Continue the conversation, because it's not just a local conversation. It's a national conversation, and it's at the right house. It's at the White House. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Stubbs. Supervisor Willett. Thank you, Madam Chair. Well, I appreciate to know that they at least have a clue of where the money is coming from. I wish I would have seen that. I apologize if I missed it in my email, but I've certainly seen plenty of emails in there, so I don't know what happened to that. I am kind of surprised that that would seem like a pretty critical document that it's not attached to Legistar. Legistar has a financial part, and it's not there. There's nothing that says where this money is coming from. I will be one voting against this tonight, and not voting against it because I don't think that people perhaps need more money, but voting against it because I am a fiscal conservative, and I don't believe this is money we have. If anything, this should be part of the budget. I think that when we get a little further in, and I suspect you'll all be wanting more money for the budget, this will be a good time to think back at what you've done. So you'll probably all be happy with that, but that's why I will be voting against it. Thank you, Supervisor Willett. Supervisor McCarville. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I rise in support of the um, uh, raising the wage to the $15 an hour. And I would like to say that, um, you know, if you did the math, we're talking about $600 a week at $15 an hour at 40 hours. So that's, what, $2,400 a month. $2, a month. Um, so think about paying your rent. Think about driving your car. Think about paying your insurance. Think about buying your groceries. Think about what your kids need maybe to get to school and all the other things. And let's not even think about the vacations. You know, maybe we can afford a movie that we can rent from the red box. Um, so it isn't just about the money. Um, it's about dignity. It's about respect. It's about families. And um, if people lose hope, um, our country is going in a bad direction, and we are going in a bad direction. And this helps to turn it in the right direction. And it helps to show people that um, we do care. We are listening in government. And I'd like to see it happen tomorrow. Fifteen is a start, um, in my mind. And, um, you know, down the road, um, that may show kids that if mom and dad have some hope, they have a reason to hope as well. And can help address a lot of the ills that um, we suffer, everything from drugs and crime and you name it. And that comes from hopelessness. And um, that's what we have going on in this country um, with regards to class disparity, the loss of our middle class, and our discussion about $15 an hour. And that's a very low bar I think it, it sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that we're doing it. I wish it was a whole lot more. Um, I fought on the labor side for years, um, and I just can't say enough about it isn't just the money. 
Um, it's about everything. So thank you. Thank you, Supervisor McCarvel. Is there further discussion? Supervisor Wegleitner. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I have a question for someone I, I hope can answer it. Um, does the Living Wage Review Council still meet? Um, does anyone know? Has that committee been, council been consulted on this? And I, I don't even know who the staff is or who's on that. And I'll just uh, put that out there. And I'm wondering if, I'm not sure, looking back this <laughs> way. I, okay. I think the controller has an answer for us. Um, no, the Living Wage Council um, met, it was convened about three or four years ago, met several times with respect to the living wage and its impact on wage compression and other issues with the POS agencies, and hasn't met since then. It's, it's not an active body. Supervisor Wegleitner. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, do you know who staffed that, Council? The controller indicates he staffed it. Okay, um, So the reason I ask is because um, I, I do appreciate that this is um, moving forward. I, I think it's an important step, and I really appreciate all the activists here tonight um, and the work that uh, staff and um, county supervisors have put into this effort. Um, I, I do want to remind folks, I, I do share some of Supervisor Dave Felice's concerns that right now in 2016 in Dane County, it costs $15 an hour in 2016 to rent a one bedroom apartment. So this gets us there in six years, which is better than in the middle of 2030s, as Supervisor Pardo pointed out, which just boggles my mind that that's how that schedule was set. Um, but right now it costs 15 to afford a one-bedroom. So um, many families, of course, need uh, housing that's bigger than one-bedroom. It costs $18 an hour to afford a two-bedroom. So I'm, I'm not voting for this tonight because I think our job is done. I'm voting for it because our job continues, and this is an important step to continuing that work. And I asked about the Living Rage Review Council because I'm trying to figure out who is going to help to continue that work. I'm really uh, proud to stand in support when, you know, Representative Melissa Sargent, uh, you know, coming from the county board here, going to the state legislature and introducing a bill for $15 an hour minimum wage and seeing her stand on the picket line, seeing her stand in solidarity with workers, um, taking the most courageous step, seeing someone walk off the job, witnessing that, knowing how risky that is for themselves, their kids, their families, um, those folks, they deserve the credit for this, um, this movement, this national conversation. Leaders like Senator Sanders who brought that more aggressive um, uh, agenda for $15 an hour at the national level um, and the organizers that continue to support this work, they deserve a lot of credit for pushing this conversation. We need to show up when these folks are um, walking off their jobs. We need, to under, we need to continue to pressure folks at the Capitol that um, our, our current minimum wage is, is a starvation wage and completely unacceptable. Um, and we need to continue between now, I mean, after, you know, we're getting this done. It's going to be a part, 
you know, and incorporating this budget, and we're going to affect people's lives and make a real difference. But um, we got to find a way to, to move up this schedule. It's 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 not it's not good enough for folks right now. And it's you know, I'm going to vote for it, and I, I support it. But I I really um, think we need to to find a way, find the resources, find the priorities, think about the values um, that make up this board and those folks who are struggling so hard to afford that one bedroom, that two bedroom, that three bedroom today. So um, I hope that when we pass this, we don't just rest on it. Um, we recognize the good work, we continue the conversation, but we also keep those folks front and center in our priorities and figure out if we can find a way um, to get these wages up. My predecessor, Supervisor Vetter, um, has, has recently testified before the Human Services Board and said she was without care several shifts over the last year because no one, people are, are leaving Human Services work because they can get paid better at Culver's or Amazon or, you know, all these different places. And, and you know, this is a, these are really hard, really important jobs. And we need to make sure that, the, that we can support the people who provide this important service and support our former colleagues, our neighbors who really depend on these services. So um, I hope uh, we can continue this effort and find a way to move up this schedule. Um, thanks. Thank you, Supervisor Wegleitner. Is there further discussion? A roll call has been requested on Ordinance Amendment 31. Clerk will call the roll. Baird. Aye. Baird, aye. Bollig. Aye. Bollig, aye. Chenoweth. Aye. Chenoweth, aye. Clausius. Aye. Clausius, aye. Dekalice. Aye. Dekalice, aye. Downing. Aye. Downing, aye. Die. Aye. Die, aye. Erickson. Aye. Erickson, aye. Farrell. Aye. Farrell, aye. Gillis. Aye. Gillis, aye. Hendrick. Aye. Hendrick, aye. Jones. Aye. Jones, aye. Kiefer. Aye. Kiefer, aye. Kilmer. Aye. Kilmer, aye. Kolar. Aye. Kolar, aye. Krause. Krause, I 11, 11 absent. Matano. Aye. Matano, I McCarville. Aye. McCarville, I Miles. Aye. Miles, I Nelson. Aye. Nelson, I O'Laughlin. O'Laughlin, I Pertle. Pertle, I Rip. No. Rip, no. Rit. Aye. Rit, I Rusk. Aye. Rusk, I Saloff. Saloff, I Shower. Aye. Shower, I Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt, I Stubbs. Aye. Stubbs, I Veldrin. Veldrin, I Wegleitner. Wegleitner, I Willett. Willett, no Williams. Williams, I Young. Aye. Young, I Zweepel. Zweepel, absent. Corrigan. Aye. Corrigan, I. The vote is 33 ayes, two noes, and Ordinance Amendment 31 is approved. The next item on the agenda is reports on zoning petitions. On items H1 to H11, are there any requests for separation? Seeing none, um, is what's before us is the committee recommendation. Is there any discussion on H1 to H11? Seeing no discussion on the committee recommendation, all those in favor vote aye. Aye. Opposed, vote no. The ayes have it, and items H1 to H11 are approved. Next on the agenda is award of contracts, resolution 198. Contra award of a contract for asphalt removal and replacement at the Dane County Job Center. 
Um, the Public Works and Transportation Committee has recommended approval of sub one. Is there discussion on resolution 198? Seeing none, all those in favor vote aye. aye. Opposed vote no. The ayes have it, and Resolution 198 is approved. On Resolution 220, award of contracts for the Exposition Hall lighting upgrades at the Alliance Energy Center. This um, item was considered by both the Public Works Committee, which approved it 4 to 0, and the Personnel and Finance Committee, which approved it um, 6 to 0 this evening. Um, is there discussion on Resolution 220? Seeing none, all those in favor vote aye. aye. Opposed vote no. The ayes have it, and Resolution 220 is approved. Resolution 224 is award of contract for the Henry Vila Zoo um, Design Services. The Public Works and Transportation Committee recommended approval of sub one. Is there discussion on Resolution 224? Seeing none, all those in favor of Resolution 224 say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Resolution 224 is approved. Under K, resolutions, Resolution 98, authorizing the intergovernmental agreement with, with the EMS district, um, Public Protection and Judiciary Committee recommended this for approval. Is there discussion on Resolution 98? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Resolution 98 is approved. Under um, uh, next is resolution 218, resolution awarding the sale of general obligation bonds. This was considered by the personnel and finance committee tonight, and personnel and finance approved it six to zero. Is there discussion on resolution 218? Supervisor Farrell. Thank you, Madam Chair. Please record me as voting no. I think I think we have to do a roll call, and so we will. You'll have the opportunity. Um, is other discussion? On resolution 218, the clerk will call the roll. Okay, 218. Uh, Baird. Aye. Baird, I. Bollig. Aye. Bollig, I. Chenoweth. Aye. Chenoweth, I. Clausius. Aye. Clausius, I. Dave Leach. Aye. Dave Leach, I. Downing. Aye. Downing, I. Die. Aye. Die, I. Erickson. Aye. Erickson, I. Farrell. Farrell, no. Um, Gillis. Aye. Gillis, aye. Hendrick. Aye. Hendrick, aye. Jones. Aye. Jones, aye. Kiefer. Aye. Kiefer, aye. Kilmer. Aye. Kilmer, aye. Kolar. Aye. Kolar, aye. Krause. Aye. Krause, aye. Levin. Absent. Matano. Aye. Matano, aye. McCarvel. Aye. McCarvel, aye. Miles. Aye. Miles, aye. Nelson. Aye. Nelson, aye. O'Loughlin. Aye. O'Loughlin, aye. Pertle. Aye. Pertle, aye. Rip. Aye. Rip, aye. Ritt. Rit I Rusk. Aye. Rusk I Saloff. Saloff I Shower. Aye. Shower I Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt I Stubbs. Aye. Stubbs I Belgian. Aye. Belgian I Wegleitner. Wegleitner I Willett. Willett no Williams. Aye. Williams I Young. Aye. Young I Zweepel. Zweepel absent. Corrigan. Aye. Corrigan I. The vote is 33 ayes, 2 noes, and resolution 218 is approved. The next resolution is Resolution 219. It's approving the, awarding the sale of General Obligation Capital Improvement Bond Series 2016B. This resolution was considered by the Personnel and Finance Committee this evening and was approved 6 to 0. Um, is there discussion on Resolution 219? Seeing none, the clerk will call the roll. On 219, Baird. Aye. 
Bear Dai Bali. Bali Gai Chenoweth. Chenoweth I Clausius. Clausius I Dei Felice. Dei Felice I Downing. Downing I Dai. Dai I Erickson. Erickson I Farrell. Farrell No Gillis. Gillis I Hendrick. Hendrick I Jones. Jones I Kiefer. Kiefer I Kilmer. Kilmer I Kolar. Kolar I Krause. Krause I Levin. Levin Absent. Matano. Matano I McCarble. McCarble I Miles. Miles I Nelson. Nelson I O'Loughlin. O'Loughlin I Pirtle. Pirtle I Rip. Rip I Rit. Rit I Rusk. Rusk I Saloth. Saloth I Shower. Shower I Schmidt. Schmidt I Stubbs. Stubbs I Veldrin. Veldrin I Wegleitner. Wegleitner I Willett. Willett No. Williams. Williams I Young. Young I Zweefel Absent. Corgan. Aye. Corgan Aye. The vote is 33 aye, 2 no, and resolution 219 is approved. On M, items requiring a two-thirds majority for passage, M1 to M3. Um, we need to separate out M1 because there is a sub for that, um, but we'll consider M2 and M3 together unless there's a request for separation on those. See no request for separation on M2 and M3. Um, What's before us um, is the recommendation to approve. These two items need um, a two-thirds majority for passage. I'd like to record them as having passed unanimously if there's no objection. Um, is there any objection? Seeing none, resolution 207 and 216 will be recorded as having passed unanimously. On resolution 161, amending the operating budget of the county clerk to implement a survey of voter ID legislation and effect on voting behavior. Supervisor Pirtle. I'd like to move, uh, what I guess is sub one, the proposed Pirtle substitution. Okay, and that's attached on your um, I, your iPads, and it's um, moved by Pirtle, seconded by Shower. Is there discussion on sub one to resolution 161, Supervisor Pirtle? I, I just wanted to acknowledge it changes the funding source, identifying additional revenue in the Register of Deeds office to cover the cost of the study. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Pirtle. Is there further discussion? Supervisor Dye. To be recorded as abstaining, please. Okay. Further discussion? On um, resolution 161, um, sub one to resolution 161, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it and sub one is approved. On resolution 161 is amended by sub one. Um, I'd li I, can't, I guess I should call, maybe we call a roll since Supervisor Dye is abstaining so that we have. So, I got it, but either way, okay. it doesn't matter. I guess I, I can say, is there any objection to having it recorded? You object to having it recorded. Okay, so <laughs> clerk will call the roll. Okay. Um, right. uh, Baird. Hi. Baird I. Bali. Bali Guy Chenoweth. Chenoweth I. Clausius. Clausius I. De Felice. Downing. Downing I. Die. Die. Abstain. Erickson. Erickson I. Farrell. Farrell I. Gillis. Gillis I. Hendrick. Hendrick I. Jones. Jones I. Kiefer. Kiefer I. Kilmer. Kilmer I. Kolar. Kolar I. Krause. Krause I. Levin. Absent. Matano. Matano I. McCarble. 
Aye. Carl I. Miles. Aye. Miles I. Nelson. Aye. Nelson I. O'Laughlin. O'Laughlin I. Pirtle. Aye. Pirtle I. Rip. No. Rip no. Rit. Aye. Rit I. Rusk. Aye. Rusk I. Saloff. Aye. Saloff I. Shower. Aye. Shower I. Schmidt. Schmidt. Schmidt I. Stubbs. Aye. Stubbs I. Belgian. Belgian I. Wegleitner. Wegleitner I. Willett. Willett no. Williams. Williams I. Young. Aye. Young I. Zweefall absent. Corrigan. Aye. Corrigan I. De Felice votes aye. The vote on resolution 161 is 32 ayes, two noes, and um, resolution um, 161 receives a two-thirds majority. Next on the agenda is such other business as the county board is authorized to conduct by law. Um, and we are at adjournment. Is there a motion to adjourn? Moved by Chenoa, seconded by Matano. Um, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it. And we are adjourned until Wednesday, September 15th, for the Human Services Hearing at the Alliant Energy Center at 6 p.m.